0: Everybody, welcome to the Louisiana Farm Bureau Podcast. I'm your host Carl Wiggers, and today joining me is Avery Davidson and Neil Melanson, my cohorts in the Communications Department at Louisiana Farm Bureau. And today we're talking about the Thanksgiving dinner market survey, market basket survey that American Farm Bureau does every year. And Neil, you did the story on this. You've done the story on this for many years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, every year it comes out a couple weeks before, or a week before Thanksgiving. Right. And we've seen prices go
1: up. We've seen prices go down. What's the story this year? Well, the story this year, I think, really starts in 2019, which, by the way, next year will be five years ago. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 2019 was five years ago. Um, but that's when prices really started elevating, and we saw them peak last year uh, with record high prices. Um, now, keep in mind, of course, the survey is kind of informal, so it's not uh, you know, the most accurate thing. You'd really need the consumer price index to really get mm-hmm. specific numbers. But it, the survey does track with the CPI in that. Uh, prices are down a little this year. They're down almost 5%. And so that's some good news. But again, it's important to keep in mind it's down from record high prices. I was about to say, it's relative, right? Yes. And uh, one thing I think we can talk about uh, in a bit here is that uh, there's a really dark, cloud on the horizon because none of these prices really include beef and next year beef prices are going to go higher than they are right now which are already elevated mm-hmm. so it's good news this year we're paying a little less we're paying a lot less and in, in some cases for some items um but uh overall the the survey found that the um uh, the overall meal was sixty one dollars around a little there uh, around there, and this last year it was sixty four dollars. So um, it's sixty one seventeen, uh, which is six dollars and twenty cents per person. And then the record high average last year was sixty four oh five. So we did see a, a big decrease there. Before
0: we get too much into conversation, let's lay out what this meal is. It's kind of the stereotypical Thanksgiving dinner. It's right. a sixteen pound turkey stuffing, pie crusts, whipping cream, frozen peas, dinner rolls... All those types of things, a gallon of milk, sweet potatoes, cranberries,
1: cranberries. So yep. kind of the sti- the typical things you would see if you like yep. Googled a picture of and, Thanksgiving. And this is what they survey year in, year out. And that's what they call the standard meal. Now, they've also added an extended meal, which includes uh, three or four other items, which is like uh, it's boneless ham, russet potatoes and green beans. And so that with that, it jumps up uh, the the meal overall to um, something like eighty five dollars, eighty six dollars, somewhere mm. in there. Yeah, it's like eighty four seventy five. There you uh, go. Yeah, you just got to look at right, right spot on my cheat
2: sheet. That's all I need. There's uh. a lot, of, there's a lot, of, <laughs> lot of numbers down there. Yeah, but you know, whenever you talk about the the cost of Thanksgiving, we can do some non traditional things here in Louisiana. I mean. For one, sweet potatoes are pretty abundant. In fact, uh, Wendell Miley in our safety department was bringing by sweet potatoes from Larry Fonteno's farm there in Evangeline Parish, and
0: abundant-ish. Drought, yeah, drought yeah, definitely drought.
2: affected them this year, but, but you can get lower prices on sweet potatoes in Louisiana than you can, say, Washington State. Right. And, and so and when you're working out that national average, I mean, what I, what they found was in the South, it's actually a little, a little bit cheaper.
1: It's yeah, fifty-nine, ten. Right. for uh, uh 5810 I think. Yeah, I think it's uh yeah, 5866. Sorry. Is no, that, that was is that, No, 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 that's right. You're right. So it's 5910. Oh my lord. There's a <laughs> the lot of nerds. numbers. A lot of numbers. <laughs> it's cheaper in the south. It's, it's life's two full full in south. cheaper in the south. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and so I think that we also have some opportunities there to take advantage of some savings, things that are grown here. I mean, pecans, we all put the pecans on top of our sweet potato casserole or make a pecan pie. All the normal people do. right? Yeah, and so while pecans aren't as abundant this year, they're still going to be cheaper here Mm -hmm. because we grow them in Louisiana than... The folks in Washington State again. And yeah.
1: Allie's not here, but uh Allie Shipley is our, our one of our coworkers and she's from southwest Louisiana. And where would they be without, you know, rice dressing? Mm-hmm. You know, that's gonna be on Thanksgiving dinner tables across South Louisiana for sure. And uh, we grow that, you know, as well. So that's gonna be cheaper too. And yeah. let's
2: not forget about oyster dressing as well. No, thanks. No, thanks. Folks down in New Orleans are going to enjoy that. I'm going to stick to my ham and turkey and
0: (laughs) just good old (laughs) cornbread dressing.
1: But I think overall, the survey does point to a drop from last year. Mm -hmm. Part of that is alleviation. A big part of that is alleviation in supply chains. We're starting to see that free up. And that's got a whole lot more to do with it than anything farmers are receiving.
2: And also, you had uh, avian influenza really hit the turkey flock last year. This Mm -hmm. year, not as hard of a hit. Right. So while yes, we grow a lot of poultry, chickens here in Louisiana, turkeys we don't do a whole lot of. But fortunately, you didn't have that pressure of avian influenza hit hit the flock like yeah. it did last year. I was
0: going to ask you guys. Y'all both do radio reports where you talk markets daily. What are y'all seeing? I mean, you mentioned the beef markets a minute ago. Mm-hmm. How does all of all, all of these items? I mean. I guess there's dairy in here. There, I mean, all of these items somehow or another are affected by those same markets, right? Supply demand. I don't understand all those things, just to be really honest. But what are y'all seeing in, in the dailies and and week weekly trends that y'all y'all talk
1: about? Uh, well, really, prices for commodities, raw commodities overall, have been flat, maybe a little higher. Uh, it's it depends on, of course, what commodities, um, but they've they've been elevated a bit, but there's effectively a ceiling on those prices meaning they don't really ever go up above a certain level and it's certainly true when you're talking about uh, the consumer the what the price the consumer pays that's been elevated a great deal by things like the jump in oil prices and that ceiling concerns. That ceiling yes. is bumped up the 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 price consumers pay mm. so the price farmers pay hasn't gone i have pr- farmers receive hasn't gone up farmers will receive a fifth or less of the price of that uh sixty one dollars.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, you can pretty much say about $0.08 cents on the dollar is what's going to get back to the farmer. Right. So everything else is in the transportation, in the marketing, in the processing, in the packaging, and in the markup at the store. And then as Neil and I used to talk about a lot whenever he used to do the bottom line on This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, sticky prices. Yes. Sticky prices comes into play, where, uh, with fa- which farmers saw with fertilizer over the last couple of years, where the price goes up real quick. But, man, it just doesn't come down, and Mm -hmm. that's what we're seeing uh, here with a lot of things at the grocery store because probably the only commodity that I've seen go up a significant amount, now I shouldn't even say significant amount, but Mm -hmm. uh, would be sugar. Yes. But even then, the the cost for a candy bar – you're getting what maybe two cents worth of sugar in right. that entire candy bar but the right. candy bar has gone up to a dollar fifty.
1: yes i, all I still' wrapping, don't get that. all shipping all that kind of stuff and to get a little more into sticky prices what that really involves is a couple of things one the fact that many retailers buy months out so they still have to pay for stuff uh that was at when prices were elevated whereas uh you know even though they've come down they still have that inventory that they pay for at a higher level. And the other thing is just a simple reluctance because of uncertainty in the markets. If they don't know where the price is going to go, they're reluctant to bring the prices down uh, until they have a better idea that, you know, this trend is going to stay. Yep. I know a way to bypass a lot of that. A lot of that. Buy direct from farmers. Amazing. Amazing how that That's works. a weird
2: concept. So how do we get around the, the Snickers bar and just go to straight to the sugar cane field? Well, hey, I, I, that's better than candy, in my humble opinion. Go out. Now, you might have to dodge a few shotgun blasts if you hadn't talked to the farmer beforehand. But, you know, cut a stalk of cane, cut it back a little bit, chew that. That's better than candy, in my opinion. But seriously, you know, go to your local farmer's market. Make make friends with a farmer. I guarantee you, Larry Fontenot will sell you sweet potatoes out of his barn right And you'll get a
1: great price on them for sure.
2: Yeah, or, and you'll have a relationship.
1: That's the yeah. part. I mean,
0: money aside, like like being able to know. I remember Megan Gravois mentioned something. Uh, I mean, doing a, something else from unrelated from this podcast, but she said, "What's great about this job is you get to meet farmers and the people that grow almost anything that ever ends up on our table, mm-hmm. be it here in Louisiana or beyond." And knowing that like makes it really cool to sit down at a dinner table and eat a meal that you can. Trace even one piece of that meal back to somebody you know, which is cool. So
1: yeah, I think there's value was, to that. That was the great thing about uh, doing the shoot at Calandros is they carry so many local products. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calandros Grocery is where I went. They've got about three stores in Baton Rouge, three or four stores in the Baton Rouge area, and um, there they what Blaze Calandros, one of the managers and the family generation uh, that that run the place they... He says the the advantage they have is that they can negotiate with all of these farmers and get these things in batches that fill their store, whereas something like Albertsons couldn't buy from Louisiana producers because Louisiana producers can't make enough to fill a nationwide grocery chain. But they can certainly carry it in their store, and man, those things were all over. Just to name a few, there were uh, Bergeron's pecans were Mm -hmm. in there, um, Landry's Wines. There was a hydroponic lettuce place that's in Pride. Uh, There was a sugar cane that they made um, uh, syrup from. Mm-hmm. was in, in the store. So uh, I, those were just four that I just saw walking into the produce section, much less throughout the whole store. Going there, I,
0: I know you've, you've, we've done a couple of stories with Blaze. Right. What was, what was his take on, on seeing some of these numbers or, or just talking about trends he sees from the grocery management Right. What, what's he seeing over there?
1: He says, you know, the big thing is for his store managers is they're kind of in a pickle with this sort of stuff because they have to determine what they're going to be able to save on and what they have to pass on to consumers. And he knows prices have to go up, but they're really trying to rein in as much of this inflation as they possibly can and absorb as much as they can to keep people coming in and to, to encourage them. Unfortunately... With a lot of times, what you see with local producers is because they have to still go out, they have, still have to transport that stuff in. You have prices that may not be the most competitive, but the more money you spend on that sort of stuff, the more demand there will be, the more of a market there will be for it, and thus prices will go down over time with that. And so uh, managing all of those little things, managing that sort of stuff, not the least of which is you know these are the guys that have to deal with spoilage so much and mm-hmm. and when stuff goes out, you still have they've still paid for it. So balancing all of that out, you know, especially with uh, higher prices is is a is a big deal. They don't want to pass on too much to consumers because if consumers don't buy it, then it goes to spoilage. So in the long term, raising those prices wasn't as as efficient, economically efficient. So it's it's a lot. It's a mm-hmm. lot for him to manage and he has a lot of sympathy for his store managers and for grocery stores in general. But the thing that I would say is those guys who are running local family-owned grocery stores are the places to go. I think of the Canatella's. I think of there are several places. Uh, Matherns mm-hmm. is one, and um, I, I, a lot of these that that retain their local character, uh, that buy Louisiana products, they buy directly from farmers. They're the ones who are really going to give you the best deal in the long run. And
2: when you talk about the cost of a Thanksgiving meal being, you know, $6.20 a person or here in the, south, the Southern average of, you know, f- uh, $5.91 a person, that's that's not a lot. No. It really isn't. And it... I guess what I'm trying to say is I think it's a testament to what our farmers and ranchers do in providing us with a safe, abundant and affordable food supply. Now, here's the other side to things. It's not always affordable for everybody. And that's where, you know, we're fortunate that we, that we have food banks come in. Uh, we have several of those locally owned grocery stores where you can buy a bag that's donated to a, a needy family as yep. well. They, these stores are very involved. And that's our young farmers and ranchers with the Louisiana Farm Bureau donates to food banks every year. And that helps to pay for these holiday meals for some people who, who may not be able to afford it. Because again, yes, it is down four and a half percent from last year, but it is still higher than it was in 2019. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. And just to give a plug real quick to Calandros, uh, they have a thing where you can uh, buy a $10 voucher that uh, goes to the food bank. And so they'll donate, they'll decide whether or not that's cash or if they have more food uh, that's available for them, it goes directly to the Greater Baton Rouge Food Bank. So uh, like you said, a lot of these stores do it. You know, I haven't really heard a lot of pushback on farmers as far as these prices go. But the thing that I would say is when you're deciding about how high food prices are for you right now, one, compare U.S. Uh, food prices to other countries. Mm-hmm. And two, try growing your own food. Try <laughs> see what that's like. Most people do not have the time to sink into that sort of thing. And you're going to have all of the same challenges as farmers. And when you get to that final product and you want to sell it, really ask yourself whether or not, you know, your time and money and energy was worth it. Hey,
2: how's that hydroponic lettuce, Carl? <laughs> you know, I uh
0: I I gave that up. You gave it up, huh? I gave it up. Actually, I, my buddy of mine was making a greenhouse, and right about the time I was moving houses, before the house I'm in now, I donated it to his greenhouse operation. So we'll see. I have to check in with him on that. But um, <laughs> it's not, hard, isn't it? It is. It's not easy growing your own food. I I joked with somebody the other day about how much I when I went and did a story out at uh, Warren Halls. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I wanted I want to grow my own. I want to. I want a vegetable mm-hmm. garden.
2: And he's got he's got a big garden. He's got Warner big, Hall has a,
0: a huge garden. Big garden, but I was just like, I want a garden, and then I was like, I can barely keep a house plant alive that needs one <laughs> one watering a month. <laughs> and your
2: dad's a farmer,
0: and my dad's a farmer, but it's just it's not easy growing food. And you mentioned that Neil, and that's one of the things that also like it's not really cost efficient. No, for us as you know, trying to grow a little. Little backyard garden, like we can maybe grow a few tomato plants or a couple cucumbers or, you know, some peas, but we're not going to be able to put all this stuff on our plate. No. Which Mm -hmm. is just the reality of it. Like unless you are really leaning into it and then in that case it's becoming your job and not so much a hobby, a side, side hustle. So anyways, let's talk about some of these these items on here. So we sure. got the turkey, we got the cube. What stood out to you, Neil? You, Neil, you did the story this week on the show, This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, which we will link in the description.
1: But right. what stood out to you whenever you were doing this? Um... I, looking at this, the the big thing that I looked at was the half pint of whipping cream coming down on more, on more than 22 percent. Um, that speaks to what's going on in the dairy industry right now. And, you know, whole milk, a gallon of whole milk was down about two and a half percent. So uh, there was a lot of these big price movers. And, and that's the thing that stands out is you'll see these little items that move down and, and whatnot. We're going to see it uh next year especially like i talked about beef prices are going up because the national livestock herd is not growing and as this wave of beef that's moving through the stockyards and the processors gets through the supply is going to be short next year which is going to drive it so uh will we have if hopefully avian influenza goes away uh we'll have more turkey more chicken more pork and people will go to those markets so hopefully those meats will be available as alternatives to people so that uh the supply of beef can be rebuilt uh and throughout the the country and so items like that throughout the grocery store throughout these these the survey as those prices move down, they'll provide economically attractive alternatives to uh, other items. And hopefully the supply and demand can work itself out to us having lower prices in the, in the next couple of years.
2: Yeah, th- th- I was going to ask you, though, if, if you have a smaller supply of beef, so your prices for beef go up. So the demand for some of these alternative proteins will increase. Right. If those
1: supplies don't increase, wouldn't we see an increase in prices in those areas as well? We absolutely will, and that's been that's been a problem in the past, where beef prices went up, and so did turkey, and so did chicken, and so did pork. And so, what do you do? You just have to ride it out uh, mm-hmm. until then, and um, and you just don't buy as much protein for your your meal. And that's a that's a reality that's facing it, but. Like I said, you know, go raise, you know, <laughs> uh, cattle right now. I mean, mm-hmm. just try and get into it. The genetics, the the cost of them per mm-hmm. head. That's why farmers themselves who are in it, who are an economically efficient, aren't finding it uh, feasible to rebuild their national lives, their, their herds right now. And so that's, that's what's going on.
2: And then on you- – Tack on top of that, the drought we've had. Yep. You tack on top of that, the cost of feed to make up for what you had from the drought. I mean, there were a number of ranchers here in Louisiana who sold their entire herds right. because th- of the drought. They could no longer af- afford to feed the animals, couldn't bring them all the way up to where they were, could, could be sold at the usual weight. Right. And they, they have gotten out of it. And yeah. fortunate for them- it was a
0: good time to get out, like to 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 drop that herd number down to, to a more
1: sustainable yeah. number because the prices were good. And that's what I was going to say, even though the economics are against it right now, rebuilding our national livestock herd is going to be a whole lot easier than rebuilding our national cattle ranchers, mm. who many of whom are they have the same issues in terms of age and age limits that are, you know, they're 57, 58, 59 years old you know after a year like this you're pushing 60s 60 year old 60 years old and you've got these high prices why would you want to come back
2: yeah mm, and that's uh, a bigger problem <laughs> yeah and if you don't have another generation to come in behind you
1: right yeah, that's,
2: uh, that's, a, another, that's probably a, another discussion for another time. But. And that's, that's <laughs> true, but, but
1: when we talk about things like solar panels and when we talk about things like real estate and urban sprawl and that sort of thing, all of these things tie back to your food prices because many of these livestock producers who are selling out, who are selling their land, is not going to go back into agriculture production. And so that overall, over time, will lead to higher prices.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of... a. Uh... Dismal when you start to think about it, but, but it's it's the reality. It's the mm-hmm. reality that we're in. Mm-hmm. Especially you see it when you drive out of Baton Rouge. You know you kind of start to see it in these communities surrounding that there's a
1: hundred acre pasture that mm-hmm. is now becoming home spots. Right. You know, I mean that's just a reality well it's it's something that um I really hope people think about when they think they go to the grocery store is this is a very nuanced and complex discussion that involves a lot of moving parts and a lot of pieces that that have to be considered when you're talking about that. They have to be considered when you're talking about national and public policy. they have to be considered when you're you're talking about uh you know, decisions to raise family, how many kids you're going to have, how many, all Mm -hmm. of these things tie in together. Mm -hmm. I I went some uh, to the Dominican Republic.
0: Guys, Mm -hmm. you guys knew this. Now our listeners all know this too. My wife and I went on a great trip uh, to an all-inclusive resort, which is really fun and great. And it's the way to go on vacation, I believe, if you can make that happen. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this to say, I sat down at many meals, very excited to get a good ribeye or- Good ribeye in the Dominican Republic, you say. And I was sitting there eating a piece of very, very average-ish, maybe, (laughs) as generous ribeye. And I was thinking, oh, I'm not in America anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. it's different. And I was thinking about what that one resort has to keep on hand or coming in, you know, just to supply their restaurants. And then all the other uh, resorts that are on that island. And I was starting to think, oh, that's not coming probably from abroad. That's probably being generated here. Leads me to this other discussion of food security and safety and all this. Mm -hmm. America, I mean, we have the best food, Mm -hmm. the safest food, and the most affordable food in the world, Mm -hmm. right? And having all three of those things is kind of like quick, fast, and good. Like Mm -hmm. you can fast and cheap, good good fast fast and and cheap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can only get two. And America, we have all three and it's, it's, while it, you know, we're up from 2019, we're still very, very blessed in this country. Mm. And I'm not, I, I told that whole story with the Dominican, but it's not to trash on them, but just to say, hey, we've got it, we've got it made here.
2: We're, we're blessed in that we have the land, the resources, and the resilient people. And if I say the who, farmers that yeah, do it. I mean, because... If it weren't for the people who continue to do it year after year, even after going through the Dust Bowl, after going through the 1980s, and enduring kind of what we're going through right now uh, with with drought, um, with price pressure, it's it's not a, an easy time to be someone who is gambling every year on Mother Nature and commodity prices, and yep. that. That really is what they're doing, but that allows all the rest of us to have the jobs we do. It allows me to work in communications. It allows Neil to not only work in communications, but study martial arts in his spare time. It allows you to chase around a little boy all the time named Brady, who is now running everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: He was up here at the studio the other day, and he was pretty cute. (laughs) It was a fun time. was great.
2: Um, But all of those things are allowed allowed to happen because farmers are out there growing our food. Ranchers are out there raising the livestock. And we don't have to worry about doing anything else than going down the aisle, grabbing a package, paying for it as we exit. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's really – it's something that's easy to lose sight of in the day to day like hustle and bustle and getting frustrated with Fox News or CNBC or whatever whoever those TV stations are that are complaining about inflation this and high prices that and everybody's out to get everybody else and no, we haven't made. like we're really we're really pretty blessed to be able to go down this down the road to the grocery
2: store if your complaint is that they don't have the latest and greatest vanilla blueberry Cheerios, but they have the strawberry. they have the honey nut, and they have the regular Cheerios. Life is pretty good. Life is pretty good. That was you know? a very specific example, Avery Davidson. That that uh, you know, because I, <laughs> I love vanilla
0: blueberry, man. <laughs> let me let me real quick before we wrap this up. Why does American Farm Bureau do this? What's the what, what's what do you think the the heart behind that is, Neil? You've been around for a while. They've done this for
1: right, thirty thirty years? years, forty years. I think for two reasons. One, you need. To make people aware that farmers are not making bank off whatever price you're paying at the grocery store, they are not getting rich off this stuff. Uh, and a lot, of it's really important to bring it back to the farmers, just like we did during this conversation. And two, to reinforce, even though you're paying more than farmers, you know, are getting at the farm gate, it's still again the safest, cheapest, uh, most uh best food supply in the world and i think to show those two things is to showcase the strength of american agriculture and why it's important to safeguard it in the future there's no better answer than that thank you neil melanson for
0: dropping the mic on this episode if you want to watch stories or see the press releases or see these numbers we have a link in our show notes um that's it for us this week we'll see you again right here next week before then Thanksgiving will have come and gone. So for everyone out here listening, thank you for listening. And we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. And we will see you again right here on the Louisiana Farm Bureau podcast next week.